0: Worried about the, the direction her life might take. In part, uh, because of the friends that she was making. At the time, I was uh, the pastor of the Port Jefferson Church of Christ, Port Jefferson Station, New York, which is located on the north shore of Long Island. They call it a Long Island because it is a Long Island. It's about 120 miles long but it's only 26 miles wide. So anyway, I I drove along up through the hills of upstate New York thinking about my daughter and my mind turned to a word that I had written a few weeks before. Now no one knew including my daughter, but I had written the word with her in mind, and I hoped she would read it. I found out only just a few years ago that she in fact kept almost all the Word to Grow By articles that I wrote through those years, but at the time I I didn't know if she even paid attention to them. So driving through the beautiful hill country of upstate New York, I rehearsed in my mind what I had written a few weeks before, and at the time I could pretty much recall it verbatim, and the word was dance. I put it in your bulletin today for my word to grow by, and I want to read it to you. Again, I wrote this thinking about my daughter. The music plays for the dance of life, a song from the heart of God. With rich chords and rhythm strong, it calls each of us onto the floor. The dance cannot be done alone, though some may think it so. It requires a partner, or there can be no dance at all. God has given us partner, who knows each step, each turn, who knows the timing well. He leads with perfect love those who cling to his gentle arms. The partner's hands are stained with blood from wounds which love has made. And the music of the dance of life is written with that crimson flow. There is another who would dance with us, who would lead us across the floor. He too has blood-stained hands, though the blood is not his own. For he is a murderer, a liar who plays a part. Come dance, he sings, and dance he does to music so alluring. And many there are who turn their heads, for his dance seems good and filled with life. But he is a liar. And too late they find his dance is the dance of death. The music plays and we must dance. There is no standing to the side. One dance is life, the other death. We cannot dance with both. The music plays and dance we must. With whom will we dance? With whom will we dance? Today, as I think about that word, I'm reminded of a powerful passage of Scripture. It's found in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3. The context of this verse is what we call the Ten Commandments. And I would contend that this verse is the cornerstone, the key, the prerequisite, if you will, for the rest of the commandments. God spoke, and this is what He said. You shall have no other gods besides me. And then he goes on to command You shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. This morning, in this message, I would like to address the question With whom will you dance? Pray with me. Father, we thank you for your word, for the truth and the power that is there. Father, we ask you to help us to listen to your word. And in this world in which we live, there is so much that calls to us, so much that would pull us out onto the floor to dance with the one who is not our Lord. So I pray this morning as we consider this, that you would speak to us, encourage us, motivate us, challenge us to dance with you. And I ask it in your son's name. Amen. Let me begin by uh, destroying a myth. The myth is, That you are the captain of your soul. Let me use a little imagery here. Imagine that you're making your way through a jungle. Life is kind of like that. The jungle is thick with vegetation. You're pushing your way through the undergrowth. You swing a machete, cutting through the vines that entangle you. You're in charge. You're making your own path, you are the leader. We like the sounds of that, don't we? The problem, however, is we are not the leader. We are the follower. We may be pushing aside the undergrowth and cutting the vines that try to entangle us, but we're following someone or something Someone or something is leading us. Someone or something has our ear. Someone or something is demanding our attention. And we are drawn to that someone or something. We may be working hard, but it is because we are pursuing whoever or whatever it is that is calling us. So what might we be following? When I was a young teen, I dreamed of being a singer. I imagined myself on a stage with a band behind me. I imagined being a star and having my name in lights. Having people ask for my autograph. I imagined the lights and the applause and the adoration of fans. That dream was calling me, and I was following. I taught myself to play guitar. I wrote songs. I formed a band. We called ourselves the Images. I was doing a lot of work. I was pressing forward. I thought I was making my own way, but I was a follower. I was following my dream. My world was built around achieving that dream. It called me and I followed. And in following, I found myself willing to set aside the truths my parents had taught me about what was good and what was right, and what was truly of value. I found myself doing things just because that was what was expected of someone who was hooked on this dream. I was dancing, but not with Jesus. Thankfully, God got my attention, and I turned away, From that dream that had become an idol that I was worshiping. You see, anyone or anything can be an idol we worship. And how do we know if we're worshiping it? Well, to worship something is to give it your utmost attention. To worship something is to build your life around it. To worship something is to make it the center of your life. To worship something is to subordinate everything else to it. To worship something is to let it permeate your life. To worship something is to let it be the controlling force of all you do and the decisions that you make. To worship something is to sacrifice For its sake. And when you worship something other than God, it is your idol. Now, what are some idols we might have? Money, possessions, social media. social status, careers, job position, pleasure, physical and emotional. Now you think about these as categories and in every category there might be a variety of aspirations. Now you, you may not aspire to be a millionaire, but you're focused on making money. You may not aspire to live in a mansion, but you want better and nicer things because you are concerned about what others think about what you have. You may not aspire to be chairman of the board, but you want the other employees to know that you're just a little bit above them. You may not want to be a socialite with lots of fancy friends, but you want to impress people you know. You want them to think your things, your house, your car, your clothes are all pretty sharp. And you want, you want to know what they have so you can compare yourself and make sure you are at least as well off. But the common thread here is that in every area we can become followers of that which leads us, calls us and motivates us. And if we are followers, then we very easily allow ourselves to make Whatever that is, an idol that we worship. But you say, no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't worship money or possessions or careers or social status or job position or pleasure or anything in any of those categories. Are you sure? Remember, to worship something is to give it your utmost attention. It's to build your life around it. It's to make it the center of your life. It's something that you subordinate everything else to. You let it permeate permeate your life. You let it become a controlling force of all you do and the decisions you make. And you're willing to make sacrifices for it. But of course uh, we protest I'm not setting up any idols I'm not worshipping any of these things I'm just trying to be the best I can be so what's wrong with having a goal or a dream a desire to achieve something what's so wrong with wanting to do better in life what's What's so wrong with wanting nice things? What's so wrong with trying to get ahead financially? What's so wrong with wanting people to think well of me? The answer is nothing until it becomes your idol and you begin to worship it. Because when it becomes an idol, You can easily begin to worship it and when we begin to worship it we make it our God and the true God has said you shall have no other gods besides me so how do we keep from making idols out of these and any other aspect of life After saying, you shall have no other gods besides me, God says, you shall not worship them or serve them. The key to worshiping God alone and not the idols is wrapped up in the word serve. You know, when Jesus was being tempted by Satan in the wilderness, Satan showed him all the kingdoms of the earth and he told Jesus if he would fall down and worship him, it would all be his. But Jesus answered, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Now as believers, we know that we are to serve God. And we strive to do that. But the problem is our understanding of what it means to serve God. You see, we have a tendency to think of service as something that's in a box we have this box that we carry around with us and inside this box are all these things that we could do to serve God. And so we carry this box around with us every day and and we try to reach into the box and, and find something that day we can do to serve God. This box is something that... Uh, we take with us on our journey. It's something we consider an important part of our life. We want to honor God. We want to serve him. We want to go through life so, as we go through life so we keep this box close by so we can be ready to reach into the box and find something at that, that day that we can pull out and serve God. And we feel good about doing this. We're, we're serving God. But I would suggest that this is the wrong way to envision serving God. Instead of thinking of service as something that's in a box that you can pull out, think of serving God as a frame. Like a picture frame. It is a frame through which we look at life. It's not a box over here on the side with things in it we can pull out. It is a frame through which we look at life, all of life, every day. And what is this frame made of? It's made of the will and the purpose and the glory of God. We need to look through this frame of the will and the purpose and the glory of God every day, no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing. In other words, we frame life, everything about life with the will, the purpose, and the glory of God. So now, as I look at life each day, am I looking into my box for something to do? Or am I looking at life the way God wants me to? With His will, with His purpose, with His glory in mind. If I'm doing that, what I choose to do, what I choose to involve myself in, what I seek, what I desire, what I hope for, what I want, what I pursue, I will do so looking at it through this frame of the will and the purpose and the glory of God. Because I understand that if I want to set my eyes on the will and purpose and glory of God I've got to keep my eyes focused through that mirror I have goals I have dreams I have aspirations to strive to be my best to do my best, to excel it's okay so long as I achieve, in the process of all that, I am achieving the will of God. I am pursuing the purpose of God. I'm seeking the glory of God. Otherwise, whatever you're pursuing could easily become an idol that you worship. Another word to grow by that I wrote not so many years ago, it's called desire. What is your heart's desire, my friend? Upon what is your mind intent? Do you seek and strive to have and hold what you cannot own, but only rent? What is your heart's desire, my friend? What gain do you wish to find? Are you filling barns that will decay with goods you'll leave behind? What is your heart's desire, my friend? What is important to you, I pray? The things that time will soon erase or treasure that never fades away? What is your heart's desire, my friend? Be careful how you choose. For your treasure is your very life, and your life is too precious to lose. What is your heart's desire, my friend? Do you seek the things which are higher? Is Jesus Christ your treasure true, your life, your heart's desire? I had left the city and headed toward the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York. But I wasn't out for a scenic drive. I had a destination. I was going to the Catskill Christian Assembly grounds. And you see the night before I'd gotten a call from my daughter. She had been to Vespers and she had accepted Jesus as her Savior. She called me to tell me and to ask me if I would come to the camp the next day because she wanted her dad to baptize her in the creek that ran by the camp. That's why that word to grow by, dance, was in my mind because my daughter had decided with whom she would dance. Have you...